Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, we are halfway through our topic on Adventist heritage. My name is Justin Kim and you're on Inverse. And we are wondering, how are you enjoying the topic of Adventist heritage? Let us know on our social media outlets. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to inversebible.org and download our Bible study guide. We are looking at the different vignettes that happened in the history of the Adventist church that go back to the Bible and where we come up with a lot of our doctrines and beliefs and practices. And we are, so far, um, we're, we've been having a good time. I think uh, there's a lot of stuff that I've learned in uh, solidifying, solidifying our identity, our message, our mission, our direction, mm-hmm. uh, who we are as Adventists, and uh, it's been a good study. Has it been exciting for you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've enjoyed yeah. it quite a bit. Very good. Yes. Very good. Uh, in the studio, we have Siku in Israel and Jonathan, and we're going to have a word of prayer. And Siku, if you can pray for us, we'll get sure. into Malachi this episode. Okay, let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you for all that we have been learning thus far. We thank you that um, we have a history that we can look back to to see how you have led in the past as it gives us confidence for how you can lead us even now as we continue to study your word. And so we submit ourselves to the teaching of the Holy Spirit and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's go to Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Um, that is a kind of a long section, so maybe I'll skip down uh, to verse 8, 9, and 10. And Israel, if you can pre-read for us. Yes, uh, Malachi 3, verse 8. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Great, thanks. Jonathan, we've covered a lot in Abinus history. Mm -hmm. Um, In a certain sense, it seems kind of random, but in a certain sense, there is a kind of order from episode to episode. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of guide us as much as you can remember? Mm-hmm. It's great. And what I like is uh, it's very sad that Callie and Sebastian aren't with us. But the four of us, because we've been kind of tracking with this history, this mm-hmm. this lineage, ooh, <laughs> lineage, uh, that it's a it's, journey, a journey, yeah. Yeah. lineage journey, lineage journey. Yeah. Dot com, uh, <laughs> that we can um, kind of kind of follow this together. So yes. uh, for those of us who may not be all with us, mm-hmm. have been with us, can you give yeah. us? A, Synopsis. Basically, we've been looking at the history and identity of what we today call a Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm. It's beginnings that are rooted in Bible prophecy. Uh, there were prophetic events written down thousands of years ago talking about uh, the beginning of the end, mm-hmm. the, the end times, mm-hmm. uh, which um, are marked with the year 1844 based on Daniel 8.14. It's a prophecy that uh, points to that date as being the starting date for God's judgment process, which um, the investigative judgment process, which culminates with the second coming of Jesus. People were excited. They thought, you know, I already jumped ahead here, but they thought it was the second coming of Jesus, mm-hmm. realized it's not the second coming of Jesus. A few people were studying deeper, and God blessed them with insights into seeing, oh, this is, um, you know, this is about something else. It's about the investigative judgment, which then led to more discoveries in the Bible, such as the Sabbath mm-hmm. uh, being, you know, not just 
you know a special day but uh, relevant for the end times yes. as part of the seal of god and and uh, and 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 has a to do with theological component yeah yes. exactly and so this group of people of young people mm-hmm. teenagers young adults a few older adults uh, they 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 came together and they were discovering these things and said we want to we want to you know we have to share this message mm-hmm. with the world and as they realized their need uh, to organize they organized themselves eventually uh, into what we call the Seventh-day Adventist mm-hmm. Church. And their purpose was, of course, organization for mm-hmm. service to to preach the gospel, the 300 messages through the whole world. Yeah, that's a great synopsis. Mm-hmm. You know, while we were just uh, talking, I was just thinking, uh, like, in one sense, just the audacity mm-hmm. for a group of young people on a sociological level, yes. right? Just to say, hey, we're just having a really good time. Let's tell the world, mm-hmm. right? It's it's <laughs> it's just the audacity of, like, why why would you want to do that? Right, isn't that what we're doing right here, right now? True, uh, we're having a Bible study. We're sharing it with the world. But it just it it it, it, it impresses upon me the supernaturality yes. of it is yes. what I'm trying to say. And, yeah. and and yeah, well, for sure, there's a supernaturality that the, we're, we're depending on here. Uh, but it's it's not just like hey, we have a good product and we mm-hmm. just want to market to the world. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm contrasting that to current um, mm-hmm. trends in social media, where like you know, like I, I I made a pen and I think this pen is awesome. I want the whole world to know. And this is a lot more mm-hmm. uh, wider and deeper than that. I mean, eternal eternal uh, ramifications has eternal ramifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, people need to hear the truth mm. so they can be saved. So this is a matter of life and death. And when when you when you have that that pressure so mm-hmm. to say or that realization mm-hmm. you're very motivated i need mm-hmm. to reach my family my mm-hmm. friends uh and beyond that of mm-hmm. course you know yeah. and we haven't gone into all the nuances but a lot of negative experiences too right they got mm-hmm. they received persecution rejection yes. from family mm-hmm. shame ridicule mm-hmm. um bullied by other you know other entities or whatnot not not accepted uh but they still persevered and 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 in a certain sense, successful through yes. their faithfulness uh, through it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I was gonna say that I think they they understood the import of the message that they were being entrusted with. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a good word, entrusted with. Yeah, and and they saw it as a trust mm-hmm. and not a trust to be reserved for themselves, mm-hmm. but it was a trust for them to share it with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that letting the world know even from the beginning like from from the miller from the millerite movement like when william miller was studying and he came to this understanding that he what he thought that was jesus was coming soon mm-hmm. he, he he tried to hide it on a bushel but you can't mm-hmm. you know if it's a flame you gotta let it shine right yeah. um and it was hard for him to kind of pull himself out of himself to to go and share it but he did because he understood the import of what it was that yes. the message that he had yes. so really understanding the message, the, the message itself, like has a has a force behind it. Mm. Um, just like you know, when I've had an encounter with Jesus, like when when I see Jesus at the, at the cross, and my heart is broken for what my sin has done to him, but I see the love that he shows mm. to me. I mean, just that message itself, it has a, a ha, has a compelling power, mm-hmm. and maybe some of um. Not, not downplaying the, the work of the Holy Spirit because that is the work of the Holy Spirit, yeah. really, to bring us to a, f- a fuller understanding of the truths that we learn in Scripture. And just the truth in and of itself has a power to drive us, mm-hmm. you know, to go and be and do everything that we can to let other people mm-hmm. know because it's so important. And these old and young, the, these <laughs> founders, you know, of the, of, of the Avent movement, of, you know, of the Adventist church, they 
gave of themselves mm-hmm. sacrificially mm-hmm. because they understood the power Wonderful of what they point. were carrying. Yeah, the, the fruit of that, uh, or one evidence of that, is they take the hit. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is no financial gain in this for them, mm-hmm. uh, and there's 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 personal sacrifice, yeah. family sacrifice on it. Uh, yeah. What are some some stories? Well, yeah, jo- I mean, there, stories, okay. yeah. Jo- no, it's, I was going to... Oh, okay, what are some stories that, that, yeah. that you know? I mean, Joseph Bates gave up a lucrative job in order mm-hmm. to, to join James and Ellen White in the spreading of the gospel. Um, I mean, James and Ellen White, when they started their ministry and they, they started their work, you know, they, they were poor people, which is funny because people talked about one of the criticisms that they had against Ellen White was that she was writing all these books and getting rich off of them, you know, and um, if, if, you know... Uh, people that look into the history of these things you find out um it wasn't the case yeah, it, it was not the case no, at no. all and and um constantly giving to other people other 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 uh, initiatives yeah. uh, raising mm. children a house full of always full of people yeah. she, she died the, in, she would take the proceeds yeah. and reinvest them into yeah. the work she even yeah. died in debt because she was giving her money to the mission yeah. Mm. yeah and i think um you know they i think they didn't even have potatoes and butter to eat they you know they ate a very very simple diet especially when things started Later on, other people began to join this movement. Jay and Andrews, who uh, ended up having the flagship university named after him, our first missionary. Uh, you know, he he himself, when he he moved his whole family to Iowa, um, they began to work there. And as they were working, they ran out of funds, and so they had to essentially work mm-hmm. to support themselves, and then mm. work also to do the gospel ministry. And so, at that time, you had people who were fully invested in the work mm-hmm. who were gaining nothing who were losing so much and this was just not a sustainable model mm-hmm. and then jane andrews becomes one of our first missionaries to europe mm-hmm. uh, i believe that was 150 years ago ish around mm-hmm. and he loses family members mm-hmm. yeah i think it was his daughter, daughter and his wife who, who die mm-hmm. in 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 europe and uh, he still continues on you know uh, that's just some of these Never stories stopped. are 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 heartbreaking but inspirational at the same time, and it shows you that there's real. These are real people. I mean, these, yeah. these aren't just stories that made up. But I mean, these were real people who had like what what's um, inspiring for me in the in the stories are uh, is their spirit of sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the commitment that they had to the cause, to the point of sacrificing their own comfort, sacrificing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in a sense, like when when you take a family you know, with your children to a mission field, mm-hmm. like you are literally putting your family on the line. Like mm-hmm. you're sacrificing your family for the sake of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and this was the, the spirit that they had, you know, at the mm-hmm. beginnings was for them, it was, it, it, it they, they had to look and estimate it as worth it. You know, mm-hmm. this was something worth giving their lives for, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that that's what's inspiring to me. And, I have inherited a lot of these truths, you know, growing up in the church, and it's like, okay, but in a sense, like it's like we take these things for granted, mm-hmm. you know, these truths that people sacrificed for us to have mm-hmm. access to, um, are kind of like, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. And, <laughs> and and as you were speaking, something that struck me is they not only it was not only something that was worth their lives, but the lives of those they loved most. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they sacrifice. It's it's one thing to sacrifice your life, but yeah. to sacrifice yeah. the life of your spouse and your mm-hmm. children, children. I mean, this is even it takes 
commitment even to a different level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alan White and James White lost, uh, you know, some of their children as well. Two sons and, out of four. And mm-hmm. and all of these different things, what, what people have committed yeah. in order for us to be able to open our word and, and understand things that they had to wrestle through, it's... Uh, it's, it's a holy ground experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it makes you think then, you know, what about us today? Yeah. What am I willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to give for God? Not for the sake of, oh, I feel so bad because they didn't, I didn't. Mm-hmm. It's more like, do I, do I love Jesus? Do I know Jesus the same way they do? Do I understand the urgency of the message the same way they did? Um, and it makes you ponder about that a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, but then also, it, it, uh, I think it's also encouraging and inspiring uh, to say, you know, uh, in this in this dynamic or in this current context that we're living in the word self-care is huge and like oh you got to take care of yourself you got to you got you got to feel good you got to you know take time for yourself and there's uh, there's a component of course that has to do with health that you need to make sure you know we believe in rest and the sabbath mm-hmm. and all these things but um i think we can take it to an extreme where you know uh the spirit of sacrifice that you talked about in relation to the mission of the church becomes almost non-existent at times. Mm. And uh, the tithing system is, I think, designed to help us to to regularly remember what this is all about, mm-hmm. what our lives are all about, what our means are to be used for when it comes to, you know, mm-hmm. being a, a Christian in the in the last days. Well, it's a great yeah. transition. How did they get into the tithing system? And you know, we can talk about what is the tithing system and, and how, how it fits into the Adventist spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. I think first we understand, I think the first thing to note is what we have been saying up to this point. People were supporting themselves mm-hmm. and supporting the work of the gospel. I think it wasn't until 1859 that money started coming into kind of in a systematic way mm-hmm. support the gospel. I mean, 1859 from 1844 or 1850, that's just a long time of people working on their own to support the gospel ministry. Mm-hmm. And it's not until 1870s, late 1870s, that kind of mm. the tithing system is introduced. And and uh, through church history, you can see that then the gospel begins to explode mm-hmm. worldwide. It's Commensurate beyond, to yeah. the organization of the tithing system. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so the tithing system did systematically giving, systematic benevolence did for the mission of the church what what um, nothing else could have done to support its mm-hmm. mission. Mm-hmm. And we see that so the main, this is probably the passage that people always read when offerings are given. Uh, it is classically <laughs> Malachi chapter 3, verse 9, 8 through 10. I don't know if people read Malachi for any other reason, but for, for this one, uh, but there's some good good stuff in chapter one and chapter two, uh, especially pastors and their wives and their spouses. But in verse eight, it says, talking about a man robbing God and then specifically in two ways, in tithes and in offerings. Mm. Uh, it blew my mind that there is a difference between tithes and offerings. It took me a long time to understand that, that tithe is not offering, offering is not tithe. Tithe is a special setting apart of your income, mm-hmm. uh, 10%. And really, your income is not yours to begin with. It's all the Lord's, mm-hmm. and he's asking for that 10% to be returned. That is a, what do I want to say about a tithe? That is the, the minimum 10%, right? That's mm-hmm. a minimum. Mm-hmm. Well, tithe, no, tithe is tithe 10%. Tithe is a specific. 10%. Specific. What I wanted to say is that, that one well, is, that a, is the minimum that you give, mm-hmm. and then offerings, offerings. is, there's, there's, there's whatever no you, limit. Uh, 
there's a more eloquent one to say it, but I can't okay. think of it, so I'm just going to say it because I can't. Uh, but it's just um, so out of loyalty, the mm-hmm. the minimum that you give is 10%. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say returned, it's on 10%. But out of love, mm. there is no maximum. Is that's what I want to say? Mm. That you give offering, and and that could be <laughs> there all of the 90, mm. the remaining 90. But uh, the Lord doesn't require of. But it's just a, a form of expression. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's, it's cool mm-hmm. to have those the two elements. Um, but we, we rob him by not giving either. And there's a there's a two way system here. Two things that God is dealing with. The tithe issue, first of all, it has a dual purpose. Number one is it helps me recognize that what I have is not mine to mm. begin with. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of tithe. From one sense, it's for me to help me understand. I don't support myself. I am alive today because of God's grace. Offering is a gift that I give to God because of the way that he's blessed me, not just financially, but in every facet of my life, mm-hmm. right? And so I, it's it's an offering, it's a gift of thanksgiving that mm-hmm. I give to God. So these are two different things. In a similar way, tithe, although it helps cure my selfishness and offering, although it helps me express my love and gratitude to God, it also supports, it's got a practical component. Mm-hmm. God doesn't just take the money and burn it, he takes the money, he gives, he takes what we bring to him mm-hmm. and he uses it to advance his mission so that nothing is wasted. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so two purposes uh, are fulfilled in mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. Well said, well yeah. said. Now in verse 9, uh, very interesting, the Bible says, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So by not uh, returning tithes and not returning offerings, not just tithe, but tithes and offerings, mm. that there is a curse upon us. Mm. Uh, it's almost as if God cannot bless because of this component that, that that's not being returned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in verse 10, he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. This is one of the few places, and you've heard this many times before, where God says, test me in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, there will be not enough room to receive it. Um, and, uh, this is the human human temptation, just, to, just mm-hmm. to be completely transparent. I mean, sometimes I pay Tyler like, man, I don't have any money. Lord, you're a better investor than I will ever be on Wall Street. So, Lord, I give you my money and you invest. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm waiting for my ROI right now. <laughs> and it better be, a, you better be have a good interest rate. Uh, is that, is there something wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, Justin, I think, that's, I think that's like perfectly normal. You know, God, you gave me this money. I'm giving it back to you. Make sure you make it grow. <laughs> we may not have articulated as such, yeah. but it is a temptation to when, when, yes, yeah, yeah. or no. Yeah, I, I think we look at money differently because we're poor. You know, like like to 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 God, you know, to God, it's, it's not an issue. You know what I'm saying? Yes. What, what's crazy about the tithe system is that it, it, it brings everybody to an equal playing field. Yeah. It's 10% whether you're a billionaire or whether you're a poor, uh, a poor person. And the, the way that God, it's a genius system. I, I kind of think about it in my mind as, um, I don't know why I got this illustration, but it's not my own. You have streams, you know, some streams are big, some streams are small. Mm-hmm. Mine tends to be a little bit smaller. Jonathan's I know is very big, right? So you have these you streams. Wish. Yeah. These streams they they feed into, they don't they, they don't retain water in and of themselves, but they feed into mm. a river, mm. right? Mm. And multiple it is multiple streams that make up a river. And so in that way, 
our streams, mm -hmm. when we give our tithes and our offering to the church, what might, what might seem small among us becomes a larger body of water. Mm -hmm. Now, the church you know, takes that money. It doesn't receive it to itself, but it, the rivers begin to feed. They feed the ocean. Mm -hmm. And finally, the ocean gets that water, and the water that it receives, it does not keep for itself, but it affects, right? It affects weather, and then rain falls again, which feeds the streams, which feed the rivers, which feed the oceans. And I don't know if there's any other bodies of water in between uh, as well, uh, right? Lakes. lakes. Oh, yeah, lakes. In Austria. Yeah. Yes. Austrian Beautiful lakes. Austrian lakes. That yes. you can drink water from and swim at the same time <laughs> yes. because they don't have motorboats. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, and, so, and so, the, so the point is that what God does is he takes, he, 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 in a very, very genius way, he takes the money, finds a way to make it grow, and then finds a way to spread it hmm. across so that hmm. his work uh, can be a blessing to the world around, which will ultimately feed the system yeah. again. And to end with kind of going to Justin's question, um, you were speaking about our streams go in and they ultimately are blessing, not just not coming back to necessarily bless us directly, at least not immediately, but you know, down the line we have faith mm -hmm. that the rain will fall again, yeah. you know. Um, but I think our view is so temporal sometimes, even with respect to this. Like, I want an ROI on my invest on my investment, like a good return on this investment, right? Um, but we we think so temporally, like if I put ten percent in into the offering plate or into the tithe envelope. Then what I God a minimum of ten percent back. I mean, like God should like not not even ten percent. I mean, He's God, so He's got to like <laughs> multiply that. You know, right, like, right. in in the blessing that comes right. back to me, I should get a raise at my job. I should, you know. Right. And we think in temporal blessings. Yes. And yet, the blessing that God promises, He doesn't say, "I'm going to give you more money." He doesn't right. say, "I'm going to give right. you more property." He says that I will bless you. Right. Mm -hmm. Says. Try me and see if if I won't pour out a blessing that you won't even have room to receive mm -hmm. it, right? Um, so what God is offering us is, if we don't have room to receive it, it's beyond what we even can conceive of in mm -hmm. our minds, yes. right. Right? right? So if I can conceive of a financial blessing, mm -hmm. what God has for me through me being faithful in tithing and in, re in, in returning a tithe and giving my offerings is beyond what I can even conceive of. Yes. And the the converse is the reverse is true on the curses side. Mm. Cuz we think like curses means that if I don't tithe therefore I will be poor, mm. you know, or if I don't, you know, there's God's going to punish me, you know, by like you know not giving me the raise, not giving me a wife, you know, uh not or husband, <laughs> you know. No for real like people are like if I'm, God I'm being so faithful, why aren't you giving me a life right. partner, you know, all these True. Things. But but God is saying like your mind cannot even actually grasp mm -hmm. right what the mm -hmm. blessings and the cursings that come from this yeah. supernatural thing that mm -hmm. transpires when you are faithful to me. Yeah. yeah, I mean that phrase pour out for you for for you blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I mean I automatically think of Ducktales. I think of Scrooge McDuck with <laughs> a big oh. a big big bank of money, <laughs> and I'm like Lord, if I give my ten percent, you will give me the Scrooge McDuck experience, right? Okay. But what you're saying is, and I, I think I'm, I'm being facetious, obviously, mm -hmm. to say that the, the the blessing is not defined there, 
And in many ways, it's for the Lord has converted my the way I see things or the way my heart is. Mm-hmm. Hey, the Lord has blessed the work in Africa and Latin America, and I appreciate that. Like that's a bless, that's a personal blessing for me. Whereas before, I was like, well, who cares what happens in Africa? I want mm-hmm. I want the blessing to be right here. Mm-hmm. Like God opening that up is also a part of this whole conversion experience and the selflessness that that God mm-hmm. creates in all of us. Mm-hmm. What, what I love about the the tithing system as the Adventist Church implemented it, you know, it took a while for them to do it, mm-hmm. but in the 1870s they finally implemented it and the system is set up to to provide um, you know uh, a, a, syst- a systematic benevolence so mm-hmm. the idea is to support the work of, of ministers and teachers and the, uh, the, our church around the world so of every dollar or every euro whatever you give uh, that you give there is a certain uh, percentage of that that will end up in the mission field a certain percentage that goes to to pass to support the pastors mm-hmm. and teachers and different the variety of things, but it, the be- that's the beautiful thing. Every time I give, I support the local work and the global work, mm-hmm. and the way that's set up, that's very unique uh, for Adventism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any other denomination that does it the way we do it, and so I just uh, think that's you know it's divinely inspired, mm-hmm. uh, and we can see that you know yes, uh, our work obviously wouldn't. Be, uh, our mission wouldn't be accomplished without the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit uses these means and these systems that are set up to accomplish His work. And so yeah. I think uh, God has has given us a great way to do this. And, and this is exciting. Then when you give, you can know everything you give supports not just your local field, but the whole the whole world, the whole world mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's also another element that 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 strikes me as you're talking, Jonathan, about our system, our unique system, mm-hmm. and that is that. It, it avoids a temptation of pastors to preach mm. to the wants of the people mm-hmm. instead of their needs. You know, what's different from the Seventh Adventist Church than from any other congregational church, and by congregational, I mean like, you know, the churches that are just serve a local purpose, right. is that whether I serve at a small church or I serve at a huge church, really the pay is the same exactly. from my colleagues down the street, number one. Number two is that. My church, the church that I pastor does not pay me directly. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it allows me the freedom mm-hmm. to be able to address the spiritual life of the church without fear of, well, if I preach a bad, a hard sermon mm-hmm. or if I rebuke sin, they're going to hold back mm-hmm. their money and I won't have a way to live. And so that's another thing. And then it also prevents the pride mm. of I want to grow my church because I want to buy a private that's jet so and I want to get a Rolls Royce, mm. which has been the mockery, the, pe- the what people mm-hmm. find against pastors. Uh, pastors. And yeah. so the system that we have is not, it's a system that is designed to, in so many different ways, solve so many different problems. Yeah. And when we tithe, we're not we're not paying because we want to support someone individually. We return because it is our yes. call to do so. That's a huge point, Israel. I uh, just want to add to that, and then we only have about a minute and a half, but it's not that the local church is the storehouse, but we have an umbrella organization about, over the local churches called the local, at least the Adventist context, it's called the local conference. That is the depository, that is the storehouse for our tithe, mm-hmm. not the local church, just to place some emphasis to prevent some of these abuses from happening. Yeah. So you may have someone like a a, 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 a big-time preacher, mm-hmm. all the tithe that he gets, if the local church is the storehouse, mm. then all that tithe, if he has 2,000 members, all that tithe goes to him personally, mm-hmm. 
or if that uh, local church is the uh, the storehouse, then the local church can dictate to the pastor what to preach about, and the integrity of the message is lost. Mm -hmm. So having that one step removed, it's not just some bureaucratic level, but it is to preserve the pastorate, to preserve the message, preserve the organization. We've talked about a lot of technical aspects, but all these things, if you think about it and think about these ideals that the Bible has, it's constructed to preserve the integrity for the entire system, for the gospel message. Uh, hopefully this has been an inspiration to you to learn about some of these uh, technicalities, but on the whole, at the end of the day, uh, let's return our tithe back to the Lord. Let's give our offerings to the Lord and receive blessings that we don't know what to do with because we have so much of it. Hopefully this has been a blessing to you guys. See you next week as we continue our study on Adventist heritage. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is inverse.